0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Good. Happy New Year. If you weren't here last week, Happy New Year. It's good to see your lovely faces. We're going to have fun this morning. You guys ready to have some fun? All right. You awake? You excited? You ready for Jesus to speak to us? Okay. Good. I love it. The next few weeks, I think we're going to have a lot of people come back from holidays and we'll get to welcome them and say Happy New Year to them. Um, But in the meantime, we pursue Jesus with all that we are, Hey, Let's actually pray. Let's pray this morning for those that are away, that they would be refreshed, because we actually, you know what? It's good to have a holiday. It's good to have a break. It's good to to get away and be refreshed. Lord, we do just pray for those that are on holiday at the moment, Lord, those who are having a break, Lord, whether it's... From work, Lord, or to get away somewhere, Lord, we pray you're refreshing upon them, Lord, and upon all of us. Lord, as we start a new year, Lord, we want to start the year fresh, full of your presence, Lord. Lord, we ask for envision, would you envision us with what you have for this year? As Leanna said, she was asking you, Lord, what do you want to do this year, Lord? Well, we ask, Lord, what do you want to do in us and through us this year, Lord? We want to hear your voice. Lord, we pray refreshing and abundance on those who are away and on us today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If it's your first time with us, welcome. Thank you guys for coming. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter three? Luke chapter three. So last week we started the year by remembering and declaring the faithfulness of God. So we, we, we sort of shared some of the testimonies um, of his goodness over the last year, all the different things he's done. Um, you know, despite the trials, despite the opposition, we want to remember his goodness and his faithfulness, his provision. As a kingdom people, and we're a kingdom people, we have a different focus and a different sound. So we talked about last week, and we have a different focus and a different sound. We choose, as a kingdom people, to focus on our king and on what he's doing. We choose to be in his presence and to look into his face. We choose to see his glory and his majesty. We choose to focus on our king and what he's doing. We choose to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Not just a Sunday morning thing. This is an everyday thing. Every day we choose to enter his courts with thanksgiving. If you don't do this already, let me challenge you this year that the first thing you do when you wake up is to say thank you, Lord. Find something, even if it's just thank you for who you are. Even if you can't see anything in the natural to be thankful for, say, Lord, thank you that I'm awake. Thank you for who you are. Lord, would, uh, can I be in your presence? I, Lord, I, I want to come into your presence right now, even as I wake up. As a kingdom people, we have a different focus and we have a different sound. We choose to focus on our king. And then as a kingdom people, people, we, we no longer echo the brokenness of the world around us. We have a different sound. Because we've been with our king, because we've focused on him, because we're spending time with him, we begin to declare who he is and what he's doing. Because we've seen him, we declare his goodness and what he's doing. We tell of his, pl- uh, of his power. We tell of his glorious splendor. We choose to talk about what he's doing. We choose to remember and declare his amazing deeds. And for those that, that were there last week, or if you saw sort of the, we did a little recap video of some of the testimonies, God is doing amazing things in our midst, he's still on the throne. He's working in power. He's setting people free. I love the start of a new year. I kind of, you know, I, I like this season. Some people don't like it because, you know, because people are away and, you know, sort of like, it, you know, it kind of feels like you, you know, you're starting into something. I, I love it because not only do we get to remember all that God's done in the previous year. But at the same time, we get to look forward with anticipation to what he wants to do in and through us this year. So it's sort of like this remembering and declaring his his great deeds and his testimonies and looking forward with faith and saying, God, not just do it again, but do more in us. God, take us further this year. We have an, an anticipation for what he's gonna do. I have such a sense of faith and excitement to become more like Jesus and to see him use us as a, as a community, as a family, to see his kingdom advanced. Like there's a, there's a faith and an excitement in my heart for all that he's gonna do in us and through us this year. And I know that for some, there, you know, there's a sense of you know, possibly foreboding with you know, what's gonna happen in the next few weeks, what's gonna happen in the next few months you know, with COVID and all that. And while I understand that, I can say honestly, I, I don't feel the same. Because no matter what happens with, COVID, or what happens with what's going on around us, Jesus is on the throne, and the kingdom is advancing. Yeah. No matter what happens with, with, with sicknesses, or what happens even later, we don't, we can't, we don't know what's going to happen in the world later in the year, but we do know that Jesus is on the throne, and his kingdom is advancing. And no matter what else happens, he wants you to become more like him, yeah. he wants you to walk in greater intimacy with him, and he wants to use you and use us to bring other people into his presence. even though how, the, yeah, the, the how we've been able to gather has looked different over the last two years, what Jesus has done and what he's doing hasn't changed. If anything, what he's doing has increased. We can celebrate the testimony of his goodness. And I've continually said this over the last two years, and we've said this as a church. The church, this church, has never closed. Our building may have been empty, but the building is not the church. The church is the people, and we haven't been closed. The, at times our building's been empty, but we have still been saying, Jesus, we wanna know you, and God use us to see your kingdom advance. What we're called to hasn't changed, and it doesn't change going into a new year. What we're called to, you know, we, 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 we may have a vision Sunday because God, God highlights specific things of, of vision um, in the next few weeks, but to be honest, the bigger vision never changes. The vision is Jesus. The vision is to become like him and make him known to everyone that we can find. And so in a greater sense, sometimes when we do our Vision Sunday things, we're just reminding us of the same vision. What are the challenges that we face, I think, as we look forward to to the year and as things start to get busy, and they will start to get busy, the challenge is to continually make sure that our identity, that who we are, is grounded in the Father's love and not in what we do. As we begin to get busy, and as things speed up, and as we come back from holidays, and we begin to serve, and we begin to minister, um, and you know, th- 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 there's going to be opportunities for that, the challenge is to make sure that our identity is not then found in what we begin to do, but in his love. Sons and daughters find their identity in who their father is. Orphans or, or slaves find their identity in performance. In what they can do, they find their value in what they can do, rather than in who he is. And while yeah, I mean, obviously, we're called to do the works that Jesus did. We're actually called to do even greater things than what Jesus did. To be disciples who make disciples. Those things don't define our identity. Whatever you serve in, however you minister this year, however God uses you, whether it's you know in your workplace or on the streets or on a platform somewhere. Those things don't define your identity. It's who the Father is. Our identity is defined by whose we are, not by what we do. Tim Keller writes this, regarding, the success, uh, regarding success and failure, the gospel helps Christians find their deepest identity not in their, our accomplishments, but in who we are in Christ. Whether it's success or whether it's failure, the gospel helps us define our identity not in our accomplishments, but by who we are in Christ. Have you found Luke chapter three? I want to read that this morning. from verse 21 and 22. It says this: "Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open, and the Holy Spirit des- descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said this, "You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased." It's amazing that the scripture that Leanna just read, when Jesus is transfigured and the disciples are there, says the heavens were open and a voice came and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The NLT, and we didn't plan that. Leanna actually wasn't even in our, in our um, sort of elders prayer this morning. Um, and so it's amazing because God wants to speak to us today. The NLT says this, I love it. You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. This is so key for us. This is what God spoke over Jesus before he did anything. He hadn't done anything yet. On the, uh, the, 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 the Mount of Transfiguration, he had done a bunch of stuff. But at this point, when he's baptized, he goes to the Jordan to be baptized, he hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't ministered in, in any way yet. He just was. And God sp- speaks over him, this is my beloved son, this is my dearly loved son in whom I well pleased. Oh, you bring me great joy. This is what he speaks over you and I before we do anything. There is and there's going to be lots of great opportunity this year um, to serve and to disciple and to minister to others and to do lots of stuff. Even in the coming weeks, we're going to have some opportunities to get involved and to serve. But before we get to that, before we do the things, this is what the Father wants to speak over us. This is my... Son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Before he did anything, the father spoke over Jesus, and he speaks over, over us. Before we do anything, he spoke over him identity. He says, my son, my son. He spoke identity in First John 3, verse 1. He says, see what kind of love the father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Galatians 4, verse 1 to 7, says, I mean that the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different from a slave, although he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Can you say adoption? And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. One more scripture, Romans 8, verse 15 to 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. In Jesus... We are new creations. In Jesus, we're given a new identity. We're no longer slaves fighting to earn our place or fighting to earn our value. We're brought into the family of God. We have a new father. We have a new lineage, the lineage of faith, and we have a new inheritance. That's the good news. This is for all who are in Christ, both men and women. The reason it says sons is that in that time, the firstborn son was the one that received the inheritance. The inheritance belongs to Jesus. In him, we receive what is his. We don't receive what we deserve. What we deserve is death and separation. The inheritance belongs to Jesus. But in him, we receive what he deserves, which is life. We're we're given a new lineage. We're brought into the family. We're made new creations. We have a new inheritance, which is his inheritance. So when we serve or when we minister, we serve because of who we are, not to prove who we are. It totally changes the way we, uh, the, the, the way we relate to God and the way we serve and minister to others. Because we, ser- we serve because of who we are, not to prove who we are. If we don't get this right, there's, it, it, there's such insecurity even when we serve within church. And there shouldn't be because we're not serving to prove our value. We're not ministering, even if we go on the street and ministering to others, we're not ministering to prove our value or to prove how much God has presence himself with us. We're ministering because of who we are in him. If we don't settle this thing of identity and God speaks over Jesus before he did anything, my son, if we don't settle this thing of identity and allow him to to speak over us, my son, my daughter, we will always strive for position, for profile, and to try and prove our value. Lack of identity, not settling this thing, results in insecurity. It results in striving. Ultimately, it works out most often in offense because we actually never feel good enough or worthy enough. So no matter how hard we serve or how much we minister, we never feel worthy enough or good enough because we haven't settled the foundational thing of who we are in Christ. And then we get offended because people didn't recognize my service or people didn't take my opinion or people didn't listen to whatever it was because it's born out of insecurity and striving. My prayer for us this year is that we would know who we are. We would know whose we are. That we would find our identity grounded in the Father's love. If all you get this morning is this, let this sink into your heart. Because it will transform the way we live this year. I've got a, um, a little chart, a little picture. I, hopefully the guys can put it up. Um, we did it really sort of last minute. Well done. It works. Sorry it's not the most... Um, Clear. It was a bit of a, a last-minute um, screenshot, cut-and-paste job. But um, just a little thing. I think this helps us to kind of to kind of go. You know, am I have I settled this thing? Because one of the things that I've heard most uh, heard often when I, we preach around identity or we talk about it is that often the people that amen the loudest and go, yeah, 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 that, that's great, that's great. I really hope that Olaf's listening to this. Often the ones that amen the loudest are the ones that actually still haven't settled that thing of identity in their own hearts. So it's a bit of a, uh, sort of a, it's not an all-inclusive, but a bit of a check to kind of go, where am I on this? Is there still stuff that God wants to deal with? I think for all of us, at some point, at some area in our life, he, we're still moving from this thing of orphan to son or daughter. Orphans, slaves, insecure people spend a lot of time comparing themselves to others. If you see this in, in yourself, don't, don't feel condemned this morning but allow God to highlight it so that he can heal you and he can settle some identity things in you. Sons and daughters, secure people, celebrate others. Insec- I, I don't like just saying, I don't like saying slaves. I don't know, it sounds like, I wrote it up there, but I think, oh, that seems like harsh. But let's say um, orphans, <laughs> insecure people, fear or fight strong, gifted people. Sons and daughters are comfortable, around gifted and talented people, because we've settled our identity is not about what we do, not about being more talented than somebody else. Insecure people, orphans, are only comfortable around people who need them. Sons and daughters love empowering other people. The whole point is that people should go further and be more empowered than we are. Orphans are insecure people, need to control everyone in their world. Sons and daughters spend a lot of time thinking about the destiny of others, releasing, open-handed. Orphans are insecure people, build cases against people in their minds to feel better about themselves. Who's ever done that? Sons and daughters see themselves as a catalyst to the destiny of others. Wow. Wow. Insecure people take people's compliments of others as an insult to themselves. That is such a highlight of our insecurity or of not settling our identity. Sons and daughters love themselves and are comfortable with who they are. That's not to say that we're not growing still. It's not to say that we're not still becoming more like Jesus. But we settle that thing of identity. Orphans think of... Me instead of us. My gift, my ministry, my time, my talents. Sons and daughters are vulnerable about their weaknesses, flaws, and constraints. It's us together. It's a community. It's a people. It's a tribe. Insecure people are overly self-conscious. Sons and daughters enjoy seeing others honored. If you have a, 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 a twinge of... Like, I don't know, of jealousy when someone else is honored other than, rather than you. Maybe there's still an area in your life that God wants to bring you into sonship or daughtership. Finally, on this list, list is the, well, not all of it, but um, insecure people live in conflict all the time. Some of the time, there's conflict in your life. Sons and daughters live in peace. Peace Marks our lives. If you see the marks of insecurity or of being an orphan in your life, will you ask God to help you understand and live in your new identity as a son or daughter? Can we be honest? There's probably something in this list that applies to all of us. I know there is for me. And I'm constantly saying, God, help me be secure in who I am in you. Not because of what I do or how I can minister, or how I serve, but because of who you are, and I'm a new creation in you. So firstly, God speaks identity over us. He speaks identity over Jesus. He says, my son. But then he speaks affection. If we just stop at identity, sometimes we still fall into the works thing. We fall into the, even though we know it mentally, we still think that something of God's love is tied up with what we do. He says, my beloved or dearly loved son. Not just my son, but my dearly loved son or daughter, and not because of anything you've done. Not in exchange for your service, just because I love you. It felt like when I was preparing that somebody needed to hear this specifically today. The Father loves you. Maybe you haven't had a good example of family or of a father or of of a mother, but you need to hear today that God the Father loves you because of you. Not because of what you've done, not because of what you can do for him. He's prepared great things for you to do, but that's not why he loves you. He loves you because he loves you. He loves you because you're his creation. He loves you because he wants relationship with you. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that we would all be able to become sons and daughters. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Very well-known scripture. Can we change the world to me it reads like this for god so loved me because sometimes we think about the world and we don't realize that his sacrifice and his love is for each of us for god so loved me that he gave his only son that the, that through believing in him i should not perish but have eternal life for god did not send his son to condemn me, but in order that I might be saved through him. Jeremiah 31 verse three says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is not I love you because I have to. This is I love you because I want to. My beloved son, If you want to grow in your relationship with the Father, and I think we should, we we should all be growing in that, if you want to learn how to come into his presence and to hear his voice for yourself, can I recommend you start the year with a study or a book, I'm going to tell you the name of the book, you can write it down, um, that will help you in this area. It's called Finding Father. It's a book, uh, the author is A.J. Jones. It's a 12-week, it's a book, but it's more of a 12-week devotional study. You can get it as an ebook. It's not expensive. Um, it will transform the way you relate in your personal intimacy with the Lord. It'll set you free. It'll help you learn how to come into his presence. Not just mentally, you know, uh, read a scripture and go, yep, that sounds good. But actually, to be in his presence. It's a great way to start the year. He loves you. He speaks identity. He speaks affection. Then he speaks favor. With you, I am well pleased, or you bring me great joy. Not only does he speak over us, identity and affection, but his favor, his pleasure. He's pleased in you. You bring him joy. Some of you uh, uh, growing up, your parents only ever spoke punishment to you. It was always like, you know, it was always in a negative. And so sometimes when that's happened, we relate to God, like we kind of only come to him expecting him to punish us. God, you know, show me the, the, the bad things in my life so that I can you know, deal with them and become more like you. And, you know, but it's, it's sort of like a backwards way of relating to God. He's pleased in you. You bring him joy. Some of us need to hear his pleasure in you. You bring him joy. Yes, there's probably things that he wants to reveal so that you can deal with him so that you're more free, but you don't bring him any more joy. He doesn't love you any more the more free you get. He loves you with an everlasting love, whether you're free or not free. You don't bring him any more joy by being a better Christian. Think about that. You might be more effective in the, seeing the kingdom advance in the here and now by dealing with some of the stuff that stops those things. You can hear his voice more clearly. There's more effectiveness in seeing the kingdom advance, but it doesn't change the way he loves you or, the, or his pleasure in you. He's pleased in you. You bring him joy just because he wants relationship with you, not for what you can do. You Bring him joy. Think about that. The Father experiences joy when we dwell in relationship with Him. God's desire is that we would live in intimate relationship with Him. Finally, He speaks future, He speaks identity, He speaks affection over us, He speaks favor over us, and then He speaks future. And I'm going to pull a couple of prophetic scriptures from Psalms and Isaiah that. The father spoke over Jesus before he even came to earth. He says, the nations are your inheritance. Psalm 2, verse 7 to 8. says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. This is a prophetic word about Jesus, but he speaks it over us. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him who will bring forth justice to the nations. In him, we have a new future. He wants you to dream with him. The nations are our inheritance I know we haven't been able to go to the nations for the last two years, but that doesn't change the fact that the nations are still our inheritance. I feel like there's, there's some here today who you, you haven't been able to see a future for yourself. And God wants to give you hope and vision for your future again today. He wants to help you to see a future in him. I, I think if COVID has stolen anything, it's stolen our ability to dream for the future. I don't know about you, but I, you know, sometimes we feel this anxiety to plan too far ahead because what if things change? Stolen our ability to dream in God and to dream of the nations as our inheritance. What does the future look like for us? Our worlds have become small. You know, for, for a time, it was like as small as just our houses or our apartments. And many of our dreams and our prayers have become small as well. I felt God say today, it's time to enlarge. It's time to begin to pray audacious prayers again. It's time to dream with the Lord again. I, I want to prophesy Isaiah 54 over us this morning and over you. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your offspring will possess the nations and people, the desolate cities. It's time to dream again of the kingdom future that God has for us. It's time to dream again of the inheritance in the nations that God has for us. I'm praying that God would that we would see churches planted from us, that we would see nations impacted from us, that we would send families and teams into the nations, that people would relocate into the nations, that people would move to different states and different cities to see churches established so that the kingdom is advanced. Not so that Melbourne Lights has a name, because you know what? You can't plant Melbourne Lights in Sydney. Uh. I mean, we didn't really think about that before we named the church. But see, you know, the, the point is not for us to have a better name, the point is for Jesus' name to be declared. It doesn't really matter. If you go plant a church, call it whatever the heck you want. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Call it Jesus Church, yeah. Jesus Church International, Christian Fellowship Center. <laughs> cent- cent- center, <laughs> I don't know go back to the 90s names we started as life to the nation's christian fellowship i don't know why we had the christian fellowship just because i think in the 90s everyone had to be called christian fellowship something but nations is in our is in our identity nations is in our inheritance this church started as life to the nations for a reason we're melbourne lights we're a light to melbourne but there's still something of the nations in us and the nations are in the heart of god would you stand with me this morning Before you do anything this year, God is speaking over us identity, affection, favor, and future. Before you do anything. I mean, you might have already been doing stuff. You might already be, hopefully you're already ministering and spending time with him and and, and getting envisioned for the future. But before you kind of step into all of that for this year, God is speaking over you identity. He's speaking over you affection, Because he loves you, favor, he is pleased with you, he receives joy from you, and future. And my question is will you respond to him today? Will you allow him to minister identity to you? Not because of what you can do, but because of who he is. To speak his affection and his favor over you, to speak future to dream again, inheritance, nations, enlarging. Sometimes we come out of a season. I felt like this may apply to one or more people this morning, but you've stepped out of a season into a new season and it feels like you're empty. It feels like you used up all of the fuel to get out of the last season and you're starting a new season empty. And it's like pulling into the service station. God wants to fill you up with high octane fuel again and envision you to go further and faster and be more effective in this next season. Hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.